When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now, the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to the Chels. Today we have got uh, the wonderful tattooed man of football, uh, Mr. Andy Saunders. I have got tattoos. Yeah, they they say what do they say on you? Super Chels, yeah. Chels. Yeah, Munich 2012. Yeah. Got a massive picture of Steve Clark on my back. Have you? Mm. <laughs> Excellent. As you would. And where did you? I've got get... a, I've got a Doug Rugby all the way down my right. A leg. Dog Rugby. Doug, Doug the Doug Rugby. And, and a Gareth Hall one on your kneecap, haven't you? Somewhere. Yeah. 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 Oh, oh, it's not. On... <laughs> Interesting. And joining us, I've today... got Cesar Aspelicueta somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but he's shortened that to Dave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the voice of Mr. Jeff Young. Hello there. Ah, oh, it's so. Isn't it funny? When we start winning games, we're all so jovial. It's just banter here, banter there, banter everywhere. Not just winning games, six games, six clean sheets. Oh, he's gone early with the stats. No, it's not a stat. It's, it's just a, well, it is, know, technically. That six, is a stat. Six games, six wins, six clean sheets. As I said on Twitter, the number of the beasts. Absolutely. Oh, oh. Six, six, six. Six, six, six. Yeah. Where's the third six? I was so relieved. Six games, wins, since... clean sheets. Yeah, yeah. Okay, keep up, technically. Keep up, keep up. But, what, I, I was but very... if you put goals scored, then that messes the beast well, you up. You have to put goals scored. No, it's just 6-6-6. Six, six, six. Okay, okay. Can't don't take him anywhere. Out of all the jokes. <laughs> I was so <laughs> relieved this week. I thought the curse of the manager of the month would would uh, slip in on Sunday. Yeah. Kai Boschus. Well, but manager of the month and player of the month. Of yeah, course, exactly. Double, Hazard was player of the month. We had a double chance of blowing it, but we didn't, which is fantastic. Do you know how many goals we've scored in the last six games? 15. No. No, uh, in the last six games. Yeah, during that six-game run, since we switched from uh, four, two, three, 14? one to three. No, 17 goals. 17, 17. Yeah. okay. 17 goals, conceded none. That's you know, good. But it's interesting, isn't it? Because 
when we started this season, we had that run of four games where we did pretty well and everyone said, oh, it was all good. And everything fell apart with Liverpool and Arsenal. But it doesn't feel like that on this run that we've just had. I still think these next two games, Tottenham, Man City, will say an awful lot about where we are. Absolutely. But doesn't a team feel as though... It, even though, okay, we'll, we'll talk about the, about the game at the weekend. You know, it did feel as though we we're feeling our way back into form. But don't we feel exciting when we get it together? I, I think they look seriously confident, the way things are. I think a lot of it's down to balance. I think you've got a really balanced side now. You're not just shoehorning international superstars into the team on reputation. You've got players that have come in on ability, on form, you know, players like Moses and, and Pedro, especially, I think. Pedro, who a lot of people thought would be a squad player at best this season, who, you know, was a really good impact sub, but nothing else. But very difficult, I think, to make a case for dislodging Pedro at the moment. And what's great about him in the three up front is that it's got him on one side and Hazard on the other side causing havoc. And I think that it's a real balanced team. You've got, you know, you've got um, Alonso and Moses balancing the full backs, the three at the back look really solid you know you've got Kante and Matic looking really uh, balanced as well and up front Costa just providing a real focal point for everything who's playing tremendously well it feels like everybody's feeding off everybody else's confidence but it is all about balance for me yeah I think so it was funny I was watching the game on Sunday and and I'm not getting ahead of myself but I was thinking oh man you know if these guys win the league it's a proper team isn't it because no disrespect to people like Moses and Alonso, but you're like, well, you know, they wouldn't get in the bloody Real Madrid side, you know what I'm saying? And and Andy's right. It's like, it's because it's balanced, it's working. It's not, a, you know, 11 individual superstars. It's a proper little team going on there. And you what? also feel, sorry, Pierre, yeah. but you also feel that those players know that you're in the team on merit. Uh, not because you're one of the the um, untouchables, as well, Mourinho would say. We talked about this, didn't we? About when Pedro came in when William's mother died and he went back to Brazil. And I think after that, he'd had a pretty good game. And we were talking, well, now we'll see what Conte does. Does he just bring back William? And actually, it's worked out perfectly for him because the way Pedro plays within that system is actually better than when William plays in that position. And I think, you know... Things have worked out at the moment for Conte and the, and the way he's been able to make adjustments without having to make it look as though he's made a, a decision about something. You know, like with JT being injured, you know, William having to go home. Th- those two things have actually shifted the way we play. I think also as well the fact that Sunday was the first time Chelsea have named the same starting eleven for five consecutive league games in the Premier League era. That's extraordinary, isn't it's it? It's extraordinary. I remember hearing yeah. that. I thought, yeah. really? Because yeah. it yeah. doesn't seem like a lot of games. That's but the then... first time I've heard that one, I must say. Yeah, but, yeah. but you think that you, these players are now playing with each other week in, week out. You know, you do get a sense of, of what they're going to do. You do get a little bit of tele- telepathy and chemistry going, which you don't if you're constantly chopping and changing and, and tweaking the system. And, you know, how long this will go on for, I don't know. Clearly, at some point, Costa's going to get himself the, the other yellow card and find a suspension. Or, you know, or somebody's going to pick up an injury, at which point they're going to have to rethink that whole balance again but at the moment it feels consistent it feels confident and it feels balanced well uh, I've got a stat about Costa he's managed not to get booked for eight games in a row 
That's, that's nearly 25% of a season. That's brilliant. Yeah, having, <laughs> and he hasn't looked like getting booked. No, he's not interested, is yeah. he? And he's on four uh, yellow cards. And two of those were for dissent right at the beginning of the season when all the refs had said, okay, you know, you come, you come at us and have a pop, you get booked. So I think he picked up two in the first three by having a go at the ref. And hey, Diego Costa, first player to hit double figures in the Premier League this season with 10 goals, currently the top scorer in the Premiership. And he's had a hand in more goals than any other Premier League player this season with his own 10, three assists. Well, and, and what was brilliant about the, the game against Middlesbrough was he didn't have a particularly great game by his standards. He wasn't involved that much, but that ball that dropped to him and he just put it away straight away. That is what you want from He was striker. the only one moving in the box. Yeah, he was. <laughs> Three defenders were around that The Borough players were all kind of looking up in the air yeah. for the ball. And he, Louise was he looking in the wrong to, direction. He copped it straight away and just <laughs> smashed it in, which was fantastic. Yeah, I, I, I think something about Costa, you know, he is back to being one of the most lethal strikers in the game. He scored six uh, in his past seven league away games. Uh, sorry, scored uh, scored in six of his last seven um, league away games. But on top of that, goals. he's playing really, really yeah. well. It's not just he's you know doing all right and nicking a goal here and there. His overall play across the board has been brilliant. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I think okay. Well, let's I, go. Just one thing on that. Just sorry, one, one thing before we move on to another. Yep. He had three attempts on goal, Diego Costa, right? But also having three attempts on goal was Marcus Alonso, Victor Moses, and Pedro. Yep. All of them had the same amount of. of Were Marcus Alonso's <laughs> attempts the one that got shanked? To well, the, one to the went for a goal no, kick one, at one at the end was a really good save. <laughs> no, that almost was. fell to Pedro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, he's he's um, you know he's getting into really forward positions. It's incredible, and, and you know, I think there's still a question mark over his defending. I really do. But at the moment, there's enough solidity in the team to give him the freedom to bomb on and provide that extra man up front. Okay, I, what I would like to talk about because I think you know there there are players we've talked about week in week out that have turned a corner. Costa, Hazard, you know, Kante. I think I think I'd like to take a moment to talk about. Somebody who we were told was a panic buy, um, who was bought just because he was the only person available. And with the way things are happening, I'm wondering if actually Conte went, you know what? I think he will be really good for us. And if I can get him right, we'll do a really good job for us. Are you talking about David David Luiz? I mean, I I think the way he plays, I mean, and just look for for one moment at that that chance that Pedro hit the bar with when David Luiz burst out of defence, played that ball across field to uh, Costa, who headed it down. It, it, w- it would have been the goal of the season. Yeah, it was, it was a brilliant attempt. I mean, I would say there were two moments in the game where you held your breath on Luis. One was on the halfway line when he just dived in on Traore and he, skipped, guy from the and back, he skipped yeah. past him, um, you know, which he is still prone to do. Um, and there was another time when he cleared the ball weakly, um, when you know when he really should have just smashed it away. But having said that, I mean that that's nitpicking. I think he has been magnificent. I think what's really good is he's shown real leadership qualities. Because um, that's something you kept saying all last season. There is no leader out there, and yeah. last season there wasn't. No, and I don't think I was the only one. I think a lot no, of people no, felt just, felt that there was you know that there was a lot of um, you know there was a lot of, of of Indians and not enough Chiefs on the pitch. And and actually, I think Luis has come in and shown real. Uh, marshalling of of, the, uh, of that back five, if you like, or the back three, and 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 it's, it's really used his personality in the right way. I He's ag- a big. I figure, agree you know? with all of that, yeah. and as an extension of that, I would like to bring in Gary Cahill because one of the things I was looking at on Sunday oh, is terrible. We should sell him. Oh uh, well, this is what I He's was going to say. Yeah. But uh, what I've noticed since we've now got the back three, of course. He's now playing on the left of the three. 
And since he's been playing on the left of the three, for some reason, he's never found or hardly ever found himself in that position he was finding himself in earlier in the season where he was getting caught out. And the only time I remember him getting caught out on Sunday was when he was 10 yards inside the Middlesbrough half. He suddenly lost possession and there was a bit of a panic on. But but he seems to be playing much better in terms of that not getting caught in possession business and all that. Now, granted, Borough didn't press us at all. When we got the ball at the back, they got 10 behind it, just left Negredo wandering around up front. So we could quite happily play the ball around, play it out without being under pressure. But I think Cahill's looked really, really good again. Yeah, six clean sheets. Six clean sheets. sheets. Hence confidence, hence a degree well, you of... You know, this is a great you know, testament to that section of our fan base who constantly, individually play a blame. You know, there was a period earlier in the season when Gary Cahill took an immense amount of abuse from I, people. I, I, I gave him a bit of stick, to well, be Well, you know, I think it, it's, it's it, you know, it, it's perfectly fine to turn around and say he's had an off day, you know, he's, he's, he's not in form at the moment. But to think that a player that's, that's won pretty much everything you can possibly win at the highest level of the game, you know, barring a World Cup, you know, is suddenly going to be awful overnight. I just thought it was ridiculous and childish yeah. and emotionally immature. I and I think that I'm really pleased that he shut him up, frankly. I didn't think he was not a great player. I didn't know if he was the right player for the way that Conte wanted us to play. I actually wondered if he was a good enough footballer to do this coming out of defence Did you give him dog's abuse from the stands and on social media? No, I didn't Well, then, then that's okay. That's perfectly fine. Those people that did, though... No, he went round his house. That constantly, <laughs> yeah. you know, that constantly yeah. just were negative in the ground or negative on social media. You know, I think they need to have a good hard look at themselves in the mirror. Yeah, but that's, you know, a lot of fans, you know, we've said it time and time again. You know, and it's not just him. You know, Pedro is another one that got a lot of abuse. Courtois is another one. You know, Courtois has got, I think, you know, All the, of a best, sudden he was a dodgy the best clean sheet record in Europe. You know, you've got um, several other players, Matic, who were getting loads of abuse, you know, who don't suddenly become terrible players overnight. Courtois is a, you know, La Liga winning goalkeeper. Pedro's, you know, a La Liga winning winger for Barcelona. These are not players that lose, lose their, you know, lose no. their tactical but awareness. Let's be honest. They dip in form. And I just think, you know, I've always said it, and I'll say it again, supporter, the clue is in the name. Support the team. Don't blame individual players when, when, when the team has a dip, which they will. We are going to lose games. We will lose games, people. There's I, no two ways about it. Don't, lose your shit when we do that no I think I think the problem was we weren't just losing games but when we when we lost against Arsenal we looked bereft of any kind of well for one footballing half. idea and at then, all but what and, was and interesting I think people then getting a bit of a lather you know yeah and I thought what was interesting that Arsenal game when he went to three at the back it was when, better when, yeah but the damage was so immense in that first half and somehow watching him we suddenly saw who Conte is and how he works. He kept them somehow together, understanding a whole new system in a game where they were being absolutely smashed to pieces and everything stopped for a moment. And we got to the end of the game. Yeah, we didn't score. We didn't do anything particularly attacking-wise, but everything changed. And this is the thing about Conte. I was reading this thing about how, you know, Conte, like Klopp, like a lot of these newer breed of managers, quite happy to come into a club and actually see what's there. And start looking around instead of going into a club and perhaps spending. How much did Jose spend at Man U? Two hundred and fifty million or something. He's asked for another three and windows. It, exactly. So you know, 
Conte hasn't done that. He's bought a couple of players, okay, at quite big prices, but he hasn't gone, right, well, they all need to go. He's rubbish. He's useless. He's tried to work out what he's got. And out of that, we have discovered things, beautiful things, like Victor Moses is suddenly one of the most talked about players in the Premier League. And also, if you put someone decent next to, you know, Matic, then Matic can be Matic, exactly. which is one of Europe's best he's, holding midfield players. He has found players who have been lost. Dave, I mean, he, Conte, he'd Conte, had a poor season Conte. last year. I've got to go back to... Um Oh, Lord. I've got to go back to Victor Moses. I saw a quote in a newspaper today. Apparently, Conte has turned around and said, how have people thought this bloke's no good? <laughs> he's yeah. gone in there and looked at him and gone, what's up with him? And he's put him straight in the side. Yeah, and he's probably... So he's seen something that somebody else hasn't, whatever. Well, he's seen and he somebody... can't understand it. He can't understand why the bloke's never played for us, hardly. Well, the, the point about Moses is he never got a fair crack of the whip. And I think Moses would probably say that himself, is that yeah. he never got a chance under the Got the, the League Cup going. He'd play every pre-season friendly going, play quite well, and then be shipped out. Yeah. And Conte just went, you know what, I can see in his attitude there's something about this Well, the thing about Victor Moses, when you play him as an out-and-out, you know, a left left winger or, or right winger. You know, when you when you when you push him right on the pitch, you don't give him as much space to operate in. If you play him at fullback, he can play facing the goal. He can run with the ball. He can get ahead of steam up. You know, he can create things and he can show the manager the energy and the commitment that he's got. Can't really do that when you when you're up against you know um, the kind of players that Chelsea have bought in recent years. It was difficult for for Moses to shine. Yeah, I think finding players' best position is what Conte's really good at. Absolutely. So far. Well, you know, turning a right back from left back into a back to a right. Back is a pretty good thing for me yeah. and, and and Moses as, all, as well he's not just playing as that sort of fullback it's slightly different over his side of the pitch to say Alonso Alonso quite often when when they're coming down Gary Cahill gets tucked more into the center and Alonso has to deal with things more on his own uh, sometimes Vic Moses has got as Piliqueta behind him a lot of the time who will come and help him out so the real double uh, ethic going on there so mm. but I, th- I think he's got something that is just fantastic and I think it's that ability to be a team player and it's obviously you see the way we celebrate goals or you see the way somebody goes and congratulates something for something they've done there's a team spirit there and that is what was missing for the whole of last year yeah. anyway we should just go for a little break and we'll be back after this software vendor audits the red card by signing up the Livingstone managed service team right away. Call 0203 817 4880 or visit livingstone-tech.com to find out how. Hello and welcome back. Anyway, we're talking about Chelsea and how wonderful we are and how it's all going so well because it's that kind of podcast, everybody. So, I mean, who would just be slightly controversial here? Oh, oh, hold on, hold on, steady. I don't, I don't think we were that good. You know, frankly, at the ah, weekend, no, well, we weren't. I, I thought we was, were. Thought I, we were okay. They you weren't know, great. We, let's be honest. They we, didn't have a lot to offer. No, and on. we we did a. You know, we did a perfectly professional job um there were you know half chances that they could have done better with gaston ramirez did you know had, a, had an opportunity you know i mean it, it was one of those performances that we might have messed up yeah last was, season or the was, year before well even and this think, season i was sitting there thinking please don't do a swansea you know the finishing wasn't brilliant i mean there were, we were lethargic for periods in the second half let's not get carried away that this was a steamrollering no, brilliant no, performance but, a la everton but i think the most important thing about this was 
This was after we'd been on a major role. We have the international break. We had 17 players out on international duty, half of which apparently only came back on the Friday. So it was kind of like you saw the rustiness, especially the first 25 minutes of the game, where we're trying to get back into that intensity that we'd had before. It didn't quite happen for a lot of the game. But you know what? We've got that game out of the system. We've won it. And now I think when we go to play Tottenham, we'll be back up at a level again. And, and we'll need to be because they will press us very high up the pitch. Yeah. But I, I do think you're right. It wasn't a great performance, but we got the I three points. I thought it was adequate. The only thing for me was we didn't get the second goal. Yeah. yeah. And I, that, that's a s- slight concern if I'm being you know, overly negative. After I think the previous that, 16 look, goals. I, just, I, just, I'm, I, I, I caution against complacency here. You know, I mean, it's like that was a tricky game to go up to the northeast. It's a game we've, you know, we might have struggled for in the past. I mean, you know, our record against Middlesbrough is very good. I think that's our seventh consecutive win over them. So, you know, the, the form was on our side. However, I just think... We do need to up the intensity sometimes, keep that intensity going, keep that concentration going because there are sterner tests ahead. I just don't and think we could do Saturday. it that game. I don't think we could do it against Borough because I think everyone got back late and I think everyone looked a bit knackered in places. What it does do, we've well, now I will got say a whole this, Kerry, We are not playing Champions League football. We are we are not playing midweek games. There's no excuse for players to be knackered. They're all coming back on private jets. You know, there's not so, they're not turning right on the aeroplane and sitting in economy. You know, it's you know that or they've been on international duty. They're Our knackered. Boys, our boys from Brazil came back scheduled. Well, they did because they came back on Tuesday, I think. It wasn't arguing, was it? William was confused about why he didn't get a private jet. But listen, <laughs> but we never booked one for him. You know, you know. Well, apparently there was a there was a jet coming back with other players from and, Brazil, and because and we our didn't game, buy spaces yeah, on it, yeah, because I, our game was on Sunday and it was yeah, on Tuesday. Exactly, yeah. But you know, but the fact of the matter is, they turn left when they get on the aeroplane. They have a bed. They have, you know. I mean, it's yeah, it's well, they're still travelling. You know, yeah, what I know. It's like. But 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 it's not. Yeah. You know, we're not playing loads and loads of midweek games. So yeah, I'm no, not having it, Kerry. No, I'm 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 having it, and yeah, I think well. it takes two weeks off of playing together. Sometimes it doesn't come together. It was more like, luckily, a training. I'm glad we played Middlesbrough and not Tottenham. I think, you know, I'm sure Conte will have them working flat out this week. The fact of the matter is, Tottenham have got to play Monaco tonight. They've got to go to France. They've got to play Monaco. Then they've got to play they us. They've got to win as well. They can't be mucking around. No, otherwise I wouldn't. No, be but that's, that's my point. It's no, not different. It is different. Why is it different? It's different because if they win tonight in Monaco, their spirits will be raised for the game. If they lose tonight and go out of the Champions League, they're going to be in a really dark space, I think, when we play them at the weekend. Oh, I and think, I think I think that's spurious, mate. Well, well I don't know. I'm, I'm going to bring in my sure. Danny Rose quote so. now. I read today Danny Rose... Um, who is suspended for the game. Who is suspended for the game. And who also said it was the first game he looked for this season. Uh, that's right. That's what I was going to say. Oh, he was No, no, it's okay. He was saying how uh, there were Tottenham players crying in the changing room after the match at Stamford Bridge last year. Well, it should have been the way they played. This is um, when they were um, two 0 up and blew it. And yeah, we, we came yeah. back from and two nine down. Book- nine bookings. Yeah, it? exactly. Yeah. It, that was it. that was the other thing. Well, if you played football, so they're trying to kick us off the park. Maybe you wouldn't have lost, but you did because you're twats. And so, and he's now he's saying, well, okay, actually they only drew. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now he's saying, of course, it's the first fixture they all looked for this season. So, win or lose in Monaco, they're going to be right up for it, whatever way you look 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 at it. This is uh, this is the Danny Rose that pushed over pensioner Gus Hiddink in the tunnel in that game, isn't it? That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he did. It, interestingly, with Tottenham, um, they've uh, reading tonight. You know that they've got a few concerns injury wise about will Harry Kane survive? Dembele's got a bit of a problem. Deli Ali's only just come back. Imagine if they all pick it up. It's a, it's one to watch tonight and and look out for injuries because. 
those three go out. You know, let's face it, against West Ham, Tottenham needed Harry Kane. I mean, how the hell they ended up winning that game, I just don't know. I must admit, I didn't, I didn't but see one, it. One player they're going to fear is Eden Hazard, you know, who scored the equaliser in that game that we've just been talking about. His 150th Premier League appearance on Sunday, you know, he continues his excellent form I think he's really enjoying playing football at the moment by the looks of it smiling definitely did you see there was a really interesting interview with him um, in the Guardian I think this weekend where he was talking about he wants to stay at, stay at Chelsea if he ever left it would be after he wins the Premier League which of course went I started going oh that could be next season yeah. but then I started to calm down again but he said something very interesting and nobody else seems to have noticed it he said when Conte was talking to me in March about what he expected from me this season and I thought hold on so Conte was in place, was he, in March? That's that's quite a long time ago, and it, it's and I read it and reread it, and it's definitely there, and he definitely says it. I think it's quite obvious, to be honest. Yeah, but you know, we we were Although led to believe that it was yeah, well, they have last to, minute, don't they? But, they have to. But that means then maybe he did get exactly. You were led to believe. <laughs> well, and you yeah. maybe because maybe that means that he got exactly the signings he wanted in I the summer. I think any international manager, except for a centre half, I think any international manager who is you know given a job at a Premier League club is basically twiddling his thumbs until he gets the job. Really, apart sure. from the one or two you know sort of uh, European qualifiers that he's got to play. So, of course, he was going to be a bit like the bloke on gardening leave. He's not officially supposed to be doing it, but he will. As opposed to Garden as well, so he's but not Alan he, Titch, But Martin. he will have yeah. been on the phone, I think, or at least watching the games and getting involved. Yeah, he's been getting but, a few DVDs in the post. Exactly. But do you think that means then that our transfer window is everything he wanted, or do you think he was underprepared, even though he'd been no, talking think, about things since March? I think they. That I think he probably gave them targets, which we went after, and we weren't successful with many of them, which is why there was the big panic in August. Or where maybe he was, only wanted those ones that he got. That, that's my no, point. I don't think so. I, also I think genuinely think he wanted a, another centre half. Look, he's a he's yeah. a he's a he's a continental manager who's used to working with a technical director and a director of football who will have made those transfer purchases. And I would imagine he's the kind of manager, and they are very well versed in it in the Italian league of working with what they're given. You know, uh, he probably, as you said, probably said, yeah, you might want to have a look at Benucci. You might want to have a look at some of the players that I've worked with. You know, if they're available, I'd certainly grab them. But, you know, if, if the club went in and said, well, there's N'Golo Kante and here's David Luiz, I'm, I'm sure he shrugged his shoulders and went, well, we'll get on with it then. You know, no. and, and, you know, what, what was really interesting as well is, you know, we, we mentioned it earlier about the, uh, you know, the other players that may be on the periphery or on the fringe. Did you see the uh, under 23 development game last night? Well, there were five of them who were pretty overdeveloped in well, the side. Yeah, I mean, last night you had John Terry, Cesc Fabregas, Michi Batshui, uh, Kurt Zuma, and Marco Van Hinkle all in the starting lineup in the under 23 development squad. Now, you're allowed to play three over 23s, but of course, Zuma, Van Hinkle, and Batshui. I'm not. Uh, I don't come. So, so it was a pretty formidable team, and they only just won. They won three two. Van Hinkle with the winner in the 92nd minute. You know. And, uh, you know, everybody looked a little bit rusty. Batshui scored two. He looked really good. Um, Van Kinkle looked really good. And apparently he's been very good. You know, Azuma and Terry still shaking off the rust a little bit. But, you know, that shows you that. And Conti was watching. Conti was in the stands watching. And I think that shows you that this is a squad. It's a proper squad. And Conte is putting the effort in, seeing who should be in the team on merit, who's coming through. You know, having a look at some of the young players as well. And I think that's all very positive. So I saw that under 23 thing as well. And I was going to ask you guys about Van Hinkle. Every now, funny, we, yeah. every now and again, you sign a player, and for whatever reason, he completely disappears Injury. off the radar. Oh, I know, terrible. Yeah. Uh, was it the knee injury in yeah. Milan? Yeah. yeah. 
and then of course I saw him in the under twenty three side. I thought, oh, Van Hinkle, what on earth is happening to well, the boy? You know, he won will the he Dutch, ever, he won will the he Dutch league with PSV us? last year. Yeah. Scored a lot of goals. You know, got a lot of good notices. Has come back. You know, he's playing in this under twenty three development squad who are, you know, fourth in the table, doing really well. And I think they're looking. at He's still very young. You know, and I think yeah. you've still got to be convinced that he can go. So we're hoping he's not going to be the next De Bruyne, where we let him go and then somebody else ends up buying him for 75 think, million quid and becomes the football of the century. No, I think I think he's one of those players that when you see these players appearing in the, the development squad like that, there's a plan for them. They're not just being, you know, because that is quite an important system now, that under-23 squad. You know, it does a lot of things. It gets players getting games. And let's oh, not yeah, forget, yeah, for yeah. years... Your reserves never played a game. If they didn't come on the pitch when they were set on the pitch, they wouldn't even get a game. So it is an important place to be. So they've obviously got thoughts about him. And hopefully, you know, I'd love to see him come back and be really good because he looked potentially a very exciting young player. And, you know, you hate it when you see these kids getting their lives completely screwed oh, with yeah, his injuries. Yeah, no question. Yeah, no, I think he's, no a, I, I think he's definitely one to keep a, a, a little eye on. Uh, Under-23's next game is on Saturday, away to Man City, which will be a slightly sterner. It'll be interesting to see who's in that squad. That's uh, 12.45pm kickoff, and it's on live on Chelsea TV. If but it's interested. unlikely that anyone who's going to make the bench uh, against Tottenham will be playing, will it? Because it's the same day. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Yeah. But, so yeah, it'll but, be back to the younger players as opposed to... But there's still other players out there that, you know, that, that might not make the bench. I mean, William wasn't on the bench, wasn't he, for, for the game on Sunday? Well, it was interesting. I don't know whether he was just tired and given a break with City and Tottenham yeah. coming up or whether it's because he didn't like not being on a private jet. Yeah. Who knows? You know, you might see Chalabar, you might see, uh, you know, some of those younger players drop down into the development team. I think it's very interesting and very fluid the way uh, it's looking at. The under-18s um, had a pretty comfortable win also against Southampton on Saturday, coming from behind to secure a, an emphatic 4-1 victory at home at Cobham. Cobham. Um, two goals for Charlie Brown, who only came on as an 80th minute sub and scored with his first touch. Uh, an own goal and uh, one from 16-year-old Callum Hudson-Odoi. Uh, that result stretches that unbeaten home run to 24 games. That's brilliant. And uh, the, next game, the next game is against Fulham on Saturday. And the under-18s look like a really, really good team. And they'll be starting their uh, FA Cup run in December as well. So we should look out for that. Absolutely. Talking of looking out for... Um uh, I have to say, it's been great to get everyone's feedback on the Paul Cannaville special. We did a special with Paul Cannaville. Yes. Did the podcast and then we did this whole interview with him. If you haven't listened to it, it really is worth a listen because Paul is just such uh, an enigmatic and electrical sort of uh, guest to have had. And he talks about everything that he went through. And it's not just football. It's about his life. Well, I said to him before the, before the podcast, I mean, I, 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 you know, we were having a chat before and I said, mate, is there anything that's off limits here? Is there anything we can't talk about that you'd be uncomfortable about? That and he went, no, talk about it all. And we did. And it was harrowing at points and it was uplifting at points and it was inspiring at points. But it was really entertaining. It's quite long. It's about an hour and 20 minutes long. But, you yeah, know, but it I, was it just engrossing. Past. It was engrossing. Yeah. Yeah, it was one great. of those. So, so if you get a chance, you know, have a listen to it because it's without Paul Cannaville, we wouldn't have some of the players that we've loved over the years. And, you know, he set the way for anybody you can think of, like Drogba and, and Keith Jones, Keith Dublin. I remember them. They were sort of like that. They were coming along with him. You know, it's, 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 a, it's a great listen. So hopefully go and have a listen. And we've got some more. We can't reveal who they are, but we've got some more great guests coming up. Oh, we? have we got some guests for you? Before you do any Puff revealing or non-revealing, don't forget as well, 
if you can't listen to the podcast and you want something tucked in the old Christmas stocking, get somebody to buy you Black and Blue, which is Paul oh, yeah. Canaville's book. Just going to say, don't forget the Which book. is absolute quality, as I'm sure, you know, it, well, I know it is because I've read it, but uh, yeah. Absolutely brilliant book if you can't get to hear the podcast. So Black and Blue by Paul Canaville. Um, with Rick Glanville. With our very own... Rick uh, Glanville in Rick the Glanville, house. Rick Glanville, who's a, a, a very regular guest on this show. Um, there was some kind of panic that there weren't hard copies available. Um, there there are some, actually, on Amazon and the usual places. I think well, Black and Blue? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, get it on Amazon. Yeah. 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 No, no, apparently it sold out its print run. It sold out its print oh, okay. run, so there's yeah. a few left. But you can buy it via Kindle or your, your reader or whatever. So, yeah, go get it. Paul Cannaville, black and blue, well worth it. And okay. where can they listen to the podcast, Kerry? They can listen to go to chelseapodcast.net. Will it be on there? Or uh, Yes, and also they can go to Acast. Look, go to Acast, A.C.A.S.T.com, and then look up the Chels from there. And also follow the, the links. We always put them up on Twitter as and well. iTunes, on iTunes as well. iTunes yeah. as well, yeah. yeah. It's, it's available in everywhere, just everywhere. And the, you can the, follow us at, at Chelsea Podcast on Twitter. Yes, yeah, you can indeed, and we're usually around, so we might even reply to you. It'd be <laughs> nice. Actually, somebody, <clears throat> somebody, uh, one of our, our listeners wanted to know. I think it was when you were in charge. There was a, a book prize or something in September. Do yes. You remember? Whatever happened? Did did that winner get chosen? What was the book? I will look into it. I can't remember. <laughs> did you it take it back. and read it? Yeah, no, I wasn't here, was I? It was um, it was uh, uh, Clayton's book, um, which was called uh, Palpable Discord, um, which he came in and told us all about. So we have got a copy of that. We will. I'll go back and I'll find the win. I'll go through the um, through the uh, Twitter. Okay, things, yeah. so it's not a fix. Andy didn't just take the book. I mean, I did, <laughs> but I'll give it back. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit dog-eared. The person's got it, and it looks like a paperback, but I think it was a hardback. No, it's it looks like it's come from... No, uh, Clayton Beerman, Palpable Discord. What's, Very that, good what's that other bit of Amazon? It's come from there, the marketplace. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah. Dog-eared. But, yeah, but hopefully signed by the author as well. You know um, Anyway, so I suppose we should just have a quick look and round up uh, the Tottenham game coming up a bit more than we have. Um, this is going to be a test, isn't it? Whatever happens, they're going to press high. They're not going to let us stroll around with the ball. They're going to make it a difficult game. It's a proper... And we'll have those fireworks, won't we, as well? I we love the fireworks. fireworks. Sorry? We only have fireworks because it was fireworks night. No, they've had them in all those early evening Saturday games. Not to the extent that they've had them before. No, they were exceptional, I mean, they but they the always... Fir- okay, they might do. Yeah. They might do. They Don't will. get your hopes up. We're going to have a row about fireworks. fireworks. It was fireworks night. <laughs> I know it was. I know what you're saying. But I want it. I, I like really it. it. I like <laughs> it. Have you been one? It's when, it's when they've done it. I ain't no bloody It's great. Fireworks. They dim all the lights. It's brilliant. I've it's seen it on the, the TV. The stewards come around with mulled wine. on the TV, They come around with mulled wine and you know <laughs> yeah. baked potatoes I need a reindeer out on the pitch absolutely yeah. Yeah. slaughter it <laughs> you don't know what you're missing the, we're, we're, we're Galatasaray in disguise slaughter a goat on the pitch before <laughs> well, it that's what I'm saying. this is where we're getting our strength I think from. we should slaughter animals no I don't I don't, I don't think that let's oh, not no, 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 moving no, on no. swiftly so Tottenham how's this going to pan out it's going to be really difficult. I think we have built up a bit of a head of steam at home. I think the home support is behind the team. I think Tottenham have got bad memories of coming to Stamford Bridge, particularly in you know in in recent memory, where as we've already discussed, they blew a two 0 lead and two effectively nil, and, and you, you yeah and yeah, effectively blew their 
title chances. So I think that'll be preying on their minds. However, they are a very good team. They press us very hard. I think we've got to be concentrating for 90-plus minutes, and we're going to have to be really on our A game to, to get something out of it. I'm confident, but I think this is a step up from what we've faced in recent weeks. They haven't uh, lost, have they, this season? They haven't lost. They almost lost I think, they will, on, I think they will on Saturday. 2-1 down in the 88th minute and 1-3-2. Oh, no. Well, that's West Ham for you. Um, I'll, I'll give I'll give Andy what, what he was saying. I think it's I think he's right. I think we've got to be absolutely at the top of our game. I do think we will win. I think what will be interesting is whether Tottenham will try and play football or whether they'll adopt this ridiculous tactic that they adopted when they came to us last season and try and kick us off the park. It was something they hadn't so, done all season and then they so, tried to do that. Against- we'll see. We'll see what they do. Then, you know. No, I think it'd be interesting. I, I don't think they'll go down that route. I think they'll... I think they'll play a cagey game. I think they'll try and play it on the counter against us. I think they'll flood the midfield. I think they'll try and soak up what we can do. It'll be very interesting to see what they do with their full-backs because obviously they have Kyle Walker on one side and they'll probably play Ben Davis in place of Danny Rose who's suspended ooh, and whether ooh. they push those up which might keep Moses and Alonso yeah. slightly back. You know, I mean, I think it'd be very interesting he gets on the front for early doors and forces the play into the opposition half. Yeah. I think that, that's where the game will be won. Yeah, I, th- I think you're absolutely right. I, th- I think it's going to be a game we'll have to take to Tottenham because I don't. Think I think we will to... take it to him. Yeah, I do as well. I yeah, think he'll go I think for. We will. That's why I'm saying I'm glad we got Middlesbrough out the way when it happened. We've got back out of the rustiness is out the way, and I think we'll go all guns blazing. And I think and two it's... tough games coming up because the game after that City, you know. And if we, I think if we can get, we we discussed it four points out of those six. Yeah. I'll be happy with that. Yeah, I, I think you're right, but I, I'm actually. Uh, Veering towards six points out of six. I've got, yeah. yeah, but then I'm a bit insane. So, you know, I, I think it's going to be a tough old game, but, well, I suppose we should uh, do the predictions, really. Well, I will say it. this, just before we finish, and we haven't mentioned it, we are top of the table for the first time since we won the league in May 2015. Hurrah. Although uh, we were technically top of the league a couple of weeks ago, weren't we, for an evening. Yeah, but we're now we're properly top. It's like Andy Murray being the number one, isn't it? For a day. For the whole... For a day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now we're here all week. We're here all week. (laughs) Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, (laughs) Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Oh, was that a Craig David? You you know Craig. Haven't you got a nice picture of you and Craig David? Me and my mate Craig. Yeah. 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 He's a Southampton fan. Yeah, you look like brothers. You look very alike. You know, I don't know what that says about Craig David. Awkward silence. He's a very, very nice man. We haven't seen Colin Lester lately. I've seen him lately. Aye. He's very well. Good. Quite a craze manager. Ah, yes, exactly. Yeah. He's, yeah. Been on, he's been in? Been yeah. on? He has, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Big Chelsea a, fan, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's a very nice photo. That's all I have to say. So what's your prediction for Tottenham? I'm confident. So I'm going to say 2-0. Well, I half expect them to get a goal, but I think we'll get two. So you're going 2-1. Yeah. I'm going for 3-0 to Chelsea. Are you? 3-0? Yeah, I think so. And another, I think Harry Kane's going to miss a Kerry penalty. 8-0 as Harry yeah. Kane. Don't Harry Kane, if he plays. Yeah. Why can't he ever keep his mouth shut? Have you, have you seen, when he runs around, his mouth is open wide. Yeah, he's got a bit time. of a Joe Cole. Sort of, Joe Cole used to do that as well. Yeah. Run around with his mouth open. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, uh, yeah. Literally, maybe he breathes through his throat, not his nose or something. Maybe, maybe he's, it's weird. Maybe he's got restricted breathing. Yeah, it could be. Could be well, yeah. 
that could be it. Well, let's hope we restrict the breathing of Tottenham yes. a lot at the weekend. I hope we strangle the living daylights out of them. Indeed. All right. Well, thank you, Jeff, as always. Pleasure. Thank you, Andy, as always. Good to see you, Jeff. And chaps. we will yep. see you all next week. Okay. This is a playback media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at chelseapodcast.net. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.